at JM in the AM. Well, our good friend, Mayor Michael Wilds of Englewood, New Jersey, is, in fact, mayor again. You might recall that in the early part of the 2000s, he served as mayor of Englewood, New Jersey for six years. And um, very recently, on Election Day, was, I guess we'd call it re-elected, right? Even though, there's a, there, even though there's a break, I would assume we could use the term re-elected. And now again, after his swearing in this week, he is mayor of Englewood, New Jersey. I said this morning we're going to have the opportunity to highlight people from within our community who are uh, representing us very well in some very interesting arenas. He, of course, in the area of government. Mayor Michael Wilds, congratulations. Mazal Tov, and welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. Shalom to you and the audience as well. It's a pleasure to be back. Why a decision to go for this again? You put in a great stint the first time around. It is unusual, you have to admit, in American politics or the American government scene to see someone uh, you know, leave the position and then come back years later. Why the impetus to be mayor of Englewood again? I had the uh, privilege of being elected twice to the city council starting in 1998 and then twice as mayor from 2004 to 2010. But I took a break, in all honesty, to raise uh, my family <laughs> and move forward and, and make sure that our firm, we practice immigration law, was uh, in good hands and so forth. Simply put, the kids growed up, and, uh, and truthfully, the firm, thank God, is in good stead. And I missed being involved in public service. I am a member of Hatzalah for more than 26 uh, years now, uh, since before my children uh, were even born, and Chesed and and getting involved in community was kind of in our DNA. And I didn't like the direction that our community was heading in, where I saw not only people from our, our community, our Hever, but others throughout the city were being priced out of being able to live in what was not just a bedroom community historically uh, to Wall Street, but a very diverse and very strong uh, middle-class community, and it needed more hands on deck. And I had a contested uh, primary and came through, uh, thankfully, with a two-to-one win. I had to literally hit over 5,000 doors, knocking on doors to the point that I ended up uh, needing surgery on my ankle after the primary. And then I had had two opponents in the uh, general election, too. Very different than Teaneck and other communities in New Jersey, in which the mayor is actually elected directly from uh, the constituents as opposed to the city council selecting uh, the mayoralty. And I had the schut, the privilege of having the governor actually uh, swear me in. And I took precautions by getting sworn in literally on midnight. And I think I saw you at a chasna that night. That's correct. Midnight, uh, Monday night, December 31st, which turned into January 1st. You had the unique um, uh, experience of being sworn in by Ambassador David Friedman. And, of course, as you mentioned, the formal ceremony and uh, I guess even more recognized ceremony, to be fair to the governor, uh, <laughs> uh, later on uh, by the governor of New Jersey. Mayor Michael Wilds is with us from Englewood. You know, and I saw you at that wedding, and it was a reflection for those of us who, you know, who, who make the rounds and see what's going on at different events in the Jewish community. It certainly was a reflection of just how strong the Englewood Jewish community has become. It, it must be much different than your first time around, just our community in Englewood, I know that the broader Englewood community and town is is certainly different. Why wouldn't it be all these years later? But am I right that the, it's a different Jewish community than years ago? It, is, it has developed uh, exponentially. I had also um, a little to do with uh, the Kesher uh, Shul, the synagogue that started there, East Hill, 
And there was generally resistance, not from the African-American or the Latino community, but from secular Jews. And now there are two or three other major communities that are looking to nestle themselves uh, in Bergen County, as we see Teaneck and Bergenfield and scores of other areas now expanding their borders. Uh, People want to live close to uh, not only Manhattan, but they want to be close to resource. And um, and Englewood uh, boasts that kind of uh, constituency. And in all truth, the uh, it's for any community to remain stagnant and not grow differently isn't part of the American experience. And it's a wonderful privilege. I'm impaneling a cultural affairs commission, and I have just as many pastors, rabbis, and I have an even an imam now that's developed in the community. And each person is so anxious to get to know the other community, and it's really a beautiful uh, thing to see that despite the passage of time and some of the challenges, some things actually got more beautiful. You know, I, uh, I mentioned that because of the nature of our guest list today, coincidentally, uh, you know, we're speaking to a, a lot of people on the air this morning who are representing us really well in, in different arenas. And what you just said in terms of the outreach, at least that's how I'm, I'm interpreting it, the outreach to different religions, different leaders, uh, trying to build bridges, trying to find common ground, etc. I, I would guess that's the key. You know, people wonder... How could you, a, a noticeably and certainly known to be an Orthodox Jew, how could you uh, go ahead and not be met with you know, so much resistance and so much uh, uh, criticism at times by you know, members of other communities? But you've made the effort to, to show that you care about everybody and that there's an opportunity to work together to make, uh, to make the town grow. Would you agree that that's uh, basically the recipe for success? Absolutely. Uh, Nachum, you and I went to the same high school, Rabbi Riskin's, in Riverdale, there was a very special DNA in my home uh, in Forest Hills, where I grew up, where there was more water placed into the soup if there was a stranger in shul. And there was no difference when I went on a Hatzalah call and I was dispatched what color, what religion, or what uh, circumstance the person I was treating uh, was in. And frankly, in my uh, professional life, I happen to have the privilege of being uh, the president's immigration lawyer of choice for 15 years before he became president and his, and his family. So despite my party affiliation and my being a very proud Democrat, I embraced the privilege of actually being able to counsel uh, the first family on immigration matters and took that responsibly. And people in a community will see what you do. They will not um, listen to words. They have no patience for politicians. And circumstance has to change. You have to get not only good results, but to develop a very strong relationship, and they're watching. And that's why you're always around the corner from either potential sanctification of God's name, Akilosh Hashem, or Chil Hashem, if you don't do uh, the right thing. And right thing sometimes means walking with a police car next to you five, six miles just to greet somebody on Shabbos that you don't know, but you understand is held in high esteem in another community. You know, and, and if you look at the people, and you know plenty of colleagues, you know, some on one side of this issue and some on the other. You know, plenty of people, you know, who, who are noticeably Orthodox Jews who really represent us well and accomplish what you just described really nicely, and others, unfortunately, who don't make the same efforts, and there's a lot of contention, uh, often a lot of grief, uh, you know, sometimes a you know a lot of ruffling of feathers, and, and if, if they just knew... That a that that a little bit of uh, a little bit of compromise and a little bit of uh, outreach goes such a long way would be such a difference. I'm not saying I'm not saying there aren't people out there that are, that are out to, to to you know make their point and and sometimes stop our community from doing different things for different reasons. But I just 
I just feel that you know when 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 what represents us well, I think the others respect that. I think the experience has really changed also because of technology. Um, there's less paper, more um, transparency that's required because everyone's got a camera and a video, right. and your comments are now being made literally in real time. But you're you're well, you're articulating uh, well the the notion of not only Tikkun Olam, the notion that we have to improve uh, the community around us, but we have to earn that trust. The only stable thing growing up in the tri-state area, I remember as a kid, when I would spend the weekend in Eggwood with those magnificent trees, and they stood deferentially and, and as the namesake of the city, um, not caring um, who was living underneath them, but kind of creating a canvas that where everything would flourish. And if you sat where I sat the other evening when I was sworn and you looked out to people of all faiths, of all rank, of all ages, of all color, um, and you realize that there's so much more in common that we have, and it's so important given the politics of Washington that we get our act together so that we can improve things um, as a nation and take stock in the resource that we have. The greatest resource Angwood has is not those wonderful stores and restaurants, but it's the people. And once you herald that and, and really live with that, um, I think residents kind of get it in their DNA. I'm going to be hitting all the schools and working very hard to make sure that we face the financial challenges uh, together. And they work with the city council and promote people, even who didn't vote for me, or Dafka because they didn't vote for me, to regain their trust. All right, uh, Mayor Wilds, I would be remiss on this Wednesday morning after, the, after last Tuesday night uh, knowing that you're uh, an immigration lawyer and somebody who did serve as federal prosecutor in the Eastern District and yet a member of the Democratic Party, as you described earlier, I would be remiss if I didn't get your opinion on what's happening now in Washington and whether, in fact, the president's uh, fears and directives are are correct and accurate and whether his opponents are uh, correct and accurate in the assertions that they're making. I can just tell you that it's the Wild West right now on the northern border. We have over 11 million people unlawfully present in America, and our president is fixated on building a wall in many ways, which is political uh, retribution and um, support for an extreme. We are a community, and that is, as a Jewish community, one of the passports, the biblical people of the passport. God's mercy that needs to be shown to people at risk. And while I do agree, people making a mad dash from El Salvador, Guatemala, and Honduras are safe when they hit Mexico and they may be coming to America for economic change, our children are watching us. And for us to be in fear that every single person with an accent is a potential criminal, which is what the narrative of the media is putting out, is unacceptable because it could be us in another generation. All right, but you're one who, as I just described your resume, who who supervises as, and is directly impacted by our current laws. I would have to suspect, as you cite our community, it, our community was at the forefront of making sure to follow immigration law and become citizens of this country procedurally. Can right. I assume? Pre- can I assume? Can I? Can I? Can I assume you endorse? that type of procedure. Oh, of course. I mean, a lawful process, who wouldn't who wouldn't want to keep out MS-13 or people that would cause us harm? On the other hand, if because of politics, a broken system set up by President Reagan, 
a generation ago has not been replaced to meet the new normal. And employers now have to go through all kinds of contortions in policing immigration in their own uh, shop because the laws didn't advance themselves, or it takes you five years to move not only very close relatives, but employees that you need in your business. The system has to change. And building a wall with 11 million people behind it that don't have the right to be here is foolhardy when the northern border is porous. And it's just symbolism to a political extreme. And unfortunately, we don't have patience in this economy and in this uh, stage of our growth as a nation. We've already removed ourselves from other stains where we distinguished children from parents, where we separate a religion from entering a country, and we use dogmatic terms such as chain migration and anchor babies. I've never, in the 30 years that I'm practicing, saw a woman cross the Rio Grande so she can give birth to a child nine months later and then wait 21 years so she can be sponsored by the child. There are mechanisms in the law to protect us from people who would use our immigration laws against us. But unfortunately, this is not well-oiled. If you look at a country like Israel, who has used walls effectively, this is not the circumstance in our southern border, because it is not a travailed um, gate that will stop everybody. And again, we do have a border in the northern part of our nation where it's the Wild West. You have no idea what kind of nonsense is going on there, while everybody's poised politically in another derech. Interesting. Very interesting. I met someone yesterday from Yemen who at the age of 15 in 2011 first came to this country and now is a full-fledged U.S. citizen. Is that, is that, is that an exception or that's very common? That in that a peri- very common. In that, very peri- common. in that period of time, one can legally become a citizen of this country? Absolutely. There are mechanisms that will give people a jump on citizenship if they have to work abroad or they're married to U.S. citizens. The laws are um, still on the books. And this, the, you know, the experience that we're seeing now, Nachum, are people with visas getting green cards and people with green cards trying to get the golden grail, and that is um, uh, citizenship. And there's more of a push. People are more concerned. Uh, I wrote a book, um, Safe Haven in America, uh, that came out about four months ago, and Alan Dershowitz graced me by writing the uh, forward, and Mrs. Trump and Rabbi Sachs, both clients, gave me uh, blurbs and, and so forth for the book. There's a lot that's very special about our immigration experience, and when another community advances itself, it ensures that this golden experiment remains available to, to uh, Jews. The, the thesis of my book was that America's golden doors need to be hinged open, ready to shut, to protect ourselves, but hinged open to the next advancements in entrepreneurship and inventions that will help benefit us. And the greatest risk takers and entrepreneurs have historically been immigrants who become citizens and then employ citizens. Right. Very interesting. Um, finally, and I know that I promised you five minutes and we're way over time. Uh, is New Jersey in good hands with the new governor? I think it's always healthy to have a changing of the guard. Um, certainly, the governor has a, a, a fantastic background and a lot of uh, wonderful support. Um, there is resistance in the different pockets, and I'm hoping that the Democratic Party will kind of get its act together. I think he's a gentleman, and I think that he could be very successful, and he has, on every instance, I'm talking text messaging, calls, and the, and the few times that we've dealt with each other on matters of policy, uh, is not only a good um, articulation of what's best and needed for New Jersey, but he's a mensch, he's a gentleman who instinctively 
and genuinely wants to help people. So I feel that he could be a great governor, but it also takes uh, elected officials and constituents to give the gentleman a chance to. Interesting. Dershowitz wrote the foreword to your book? Yes. And, um, and who published the book? The American Bar Association um, published the book, Anchorwick uh, Books, and uh, available uh, on Amazon. And other clients, uh, such as, um, uh, what do you call it, uh, Pele, and iconic um, individuals through the years that we've had this hood. My father was John Lennon's uh, immigration lawyer um, to actually coin the progress and the lack of depth from Washington in this uh, space. But more importantly, there are about 13 wonderful stories. I, I deal with the Israeli Witness Protection Service when they're trying to place up sometimes hardened criminals in the United States because of the delicacy of their testimony in other countries as well. So America's golden doors have been travailed by scores of very interesting defectors, whistleblowers, and cooperators. And we've had the privilege to be in the in the arena on some of these very important defectors. And those stories are in the book, huh? Yes, sir. How long did it take John Lennon to become a citizen of the U.S.? Well, he wasn't a citizen when he was uh, assassinated. He was a green card holder. Wow. At the time, President Nixon wanted Lennon out, and it's, there's a whole chapter in, it, in the book, because the 18-year-olds were first given the right to vote. It was reduced from 21 to 18, and the perception was that if John Lennon were allowed to go on against uh, Vietnam, he would then control the Committee to Re-elect the President, CREEP was the wow. acronym. So they decided to use a drug charge to get John out, and there's a Shomer Shabbos uh, lawyer, my dad, who's 39 years old, and says the law requires somebody to have marijuana. He was convicted of hashish, which is not marijuana, and he never had the intention when he pled to a crime and that, that uh, you know, that uh, shocks our laws here. Then through the Freedom of Information Act, using it as a litigative tool so that there was a selective uh, effort uh, to prosecute the famous Beatle. Out of that case, Nachum, was the articulation first, the codification ultimately of the notion of prosecutorial discretion. So there are about 900,000 DACA recipients now that have a scholar and uh, a uh, dreamer um, to thank. My father and John, even after his green card was awarded, worked very hard to discover this prosecutorial discretion. And that was the hook that President Obama, who deported more people than any president, at that point, used to protect these uh, good souls, who, by the grace of God, did nothing other than come to the United States by their parents and an act that they didn't control when they were kids. So the, the John Lennon case is something I teach at Cardozo Law School. I have the privilege of succeeding my father as a professor there, and uh, is the reason that we're seeing now a date in Washington. So for those who are listening, who are toiling in public service and professional worlds, you never know who you're going to meet or how you're going to change life. Just try to do what you can before you go to sleep each day to do something to advance it in your own space. I thank you not only for representing Englewood well, but for representing our people well. It's really a pleasure. Mayor Michael Wilds of Englewood, New Jersey, congratulations on again being mayor, and thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you, Nachum. Michael Wilds, he's mayor of Englewood. The book is, in fact, available on Amazon, Safe Haven in America, Battles to Open the Golden Door by Michael Wilds. It became available recently in September of 2018.